Welcome to We Wonder, the scripture podcast for children and the grown-ups who remember that we are God's children too. And welcome to our back-to-school season. This may not be an official season of the church year, but back-to-school falls in ordinary time. And that is a time that God has given us to look for ways to grow, to wonder more deeply, and to learn something new. This season, we're going to take a deep dive into Paul's letter to the Galatians. But before we begin, for our very first episode of the season, I sat down for a conversation with my friend, Richard Clark. Richard is the executive producer of We Wonder, and he has been with the show since the beginning. He's the one who took my phone call back in the summer of 2019 and helped me turn my ideas about listening to God's good words together into a podcast. Richard and I wanted to talk about We Wonder, about what's coming in our new season, and about what you can expect as you listen on your own or with your family. It was a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoy listening in. And don't forget to subscribe to We Wonder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen, because I'll be back on Thursday with the beginning of our series on Galatians. I can't wait to read through this letter with all of you. So it was almost two years ago that the first episode of We Wonder was released, released in late 2019. What motivated you to start We Wonder in the first place? Yeah, I think what really got me going on it was I had been working for several years in children's ministry at my church, City Church San Francisco, and I had been writing curriculum to help kids and actually help the grownups who were teaching the kids really understand the story of the Bible and how it Mm -hmm. is our story. It's the story of all God's people. And it's also a really old book. It's actually a really old collection of books. It's not really like any other book that we read. It's full of all kinds of things like history and poetry and stories and prophecies and It's just, it's not always the easiest book to just pick up and jump into, but it is a book that's for all of us. And so I had been writing Sunday morning stuff to just help us all learn together how to get inside this book and um, how important it is because it's the place where we meet Jesus and it's the place where God shows himself to us. One of the things that I did when I was working at City Church was we actually did a Jesse Tree project that um, everybody in our church went through in Advent. And it tells the story of God's people all the way from creation up until Jesus is coming and how the whole story of the Bible is the story of waiting for Jesus. And we did it, gosh, probably three or four times at City Church. And I just thought it was something I wanted to share with more people and a podcast and doing it um, alongside people every day, a little thing that, um, both kids and grownups can listen to together. Felt like a really fun idea. (laughs) Did you have in your mind like, this is going to be basically what I do at church, but, but in podcast form, or did you have uh, a totally unique idea in terms of how this would play out on a podcast? That was actually been one of the fun parts about working with you and then working with Noah and Nick at area code. Because, yeah, to start out with, I was just thinking, I mean, I have taught Sunday school, Sunday morning worship for years. And so I thought, oh, I know how to 
talk about the Bible and I know how to connect with both children and grownups about it. All I have to do is sit down behind a mic and then um, mm-hmm. learning all of the pieces of how to make it something people really want to listen to and making it into a contemplative experience and something that we're not just learning as we listen, but we're actually encountering the words and encountering God in the worlds in the words. Yeah. That's been a bit of a learning curve for me, but it's been really fun. Yeah, I, I want to know a little bit about that contemplative approach. And in particular, the way you refer to it, I think, on the podcast is this idea of wondering, right? So mm-hmm. one of the questions I have around that is like, I think what struck me when you came to me with this idea was, I want to help kids wonder uh, at God's word. And that struck me as a, a unique approach. Where does that approach come from? Like, why that verb? Why the mm-hmm. verb wonder? Because I think wonder is really where we meet God. It's a bigger word than knowing or thinking, and it's Mm. a bigger word than feeling, but it has all of those things in it. When Mm. you are wondering, you are thinking about something and trying to understand it. You're also opening your heart up to the feelings that the words bring up up in you, which I think is a place where the Holy Spirit meets us and talks to us. And wondering is ultimately when we're wondering, we're facing something outside of ourselves. Hmm. So our focus isn't on myself and what does this mean for me and how does this make me a better person or how does this make me know God more? And it's more on who is this God that I am encountering? And and then that's where God meets us and changes us and helps us to know and love and live in all of the ways that we're called to live. Um so I just, I love that idea of wonder as being something where we're facing outward because I believe and I trust that our God is a God who meets us there. We don't have to go chasing him down. He's already coming after us. And as soon as we open up and wonder, we're there. What He's do you there. mean by f- facing outward? Like exactly? Oh, good question. Think of it like if you are an astronomer yeah, and you like to study the stars. There's a lot of work that you have to do where you kind of maybe face your face down or your face inward. You're doing the math. You're trying to understand how do I measure the sky? How does my telescope work? How do I get things right so that I can really, you know, understand the night sky. And that's important stuff to do. But the reason you do all of it is so you can go outside and look at the night sky And open yourself up to the experience of this vast, enormous, amazing thing that's above us and around us. That's why you're there. That's why you do the other stuff. But you're there for the wonder. You're there to be overwhelmed and met by something that is bigger than yourself. And the night sky is beautiful and it is wonderful, but it's not a person who's coming to us in love. So if an astronomer can do that to the night sky how much richer is it if we can do it to the living God Mm -hmm. who is there waiting for us? Right. So one of the things that really struck me really in that first Advent season, when we were working on this together, it was really just you and me at that time. That team has grown since, but like originally it was just you and me. And I remember thinking Sarah Dahl is kind of made for this. Like (sighs) this is the person who should be hosting this podcast. And I think that's borne out to be true. What in your life has prepared you for this podcast? What are the things that that shaped you so where you are 
you see these things as important and you sort of know how to create a podcast that's in this vein. I think I've always just been really curious. Like I've always loved the Bible. I feel like I meet God and know God better by thinking and wondering. That's just been Mm -hmm. my Christian experience. So that's just part of who I am. When my children were really small, before we moved to California, they went to a Montessori preschool or my oldest child went to a Montessori preschool. Mm -hmm. And at that preschool, they used a curriculum called Godly Play. And a lot of the thinking behind Godly Play is that children meet God, not by having concepts put in their minds, but in actually encountering God in play and in wonder. And I actually think that's true for all of us. I think fundamentally knowing God is not getting all the concepts right, but shaping our imaginations in a way that we're open to be shaped by God and by the words we find in the Bible. And so then writing curriculum at City Church, where we really tried to use that idea, but go through more of the Bible than the Godly Play curriculum does, really tested that. I had to see if that was really true. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I found that it was. Did you have that experience like as a child? No. mm -mm. It was a very sort of standard 1990s evangelical non-denominational church upbringing where we read the Bible, learned about the Bible. I actually had a pastor who would on the back, we used to make fun of him in high school on the back of the bulletin each week, there'd be like eight Greek words. And he would like take Mm -hmm. us through all of them to help us understand what the passage really meant. And I loved that. It was like, oh, there's so much more to this book than I realized. Being steeped in that, I think what I took away from it is that the Bible and scriptural concepts are the furniture of my imagination. And I think that's the overlap with We Wonder is what's furnishing our imagination? What are the ideas? What are the words? What are the songs that we come back to when we're anxious, when we're afraid, when we don't know? And do they hold true for us? And God's word does hold true. I found that to be true throughout my life. It's really good, sturdy furniture. (laughs) Yeah. Have your your, um, kids been listening to this podcast the entire time? Off and on. Um, sure. the, the funny part is by the time it's actually published, I'm tired of it. I'm done. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so organizing family time to listen to it is I'm just not usually going to do that. <laughs> my husband right. will. Um, and my son, actually, during Lent, he has a Sonos in his room and he would listen to the episodes before bed. It would help him fall asleep. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Made me feel that's good. That's kind of beautiful to think of your son listening to your voice reading scripture yeah it was always a little weird to walk past his room and hear myself in there (laughs) right but it was sweet um what has been some of the other feedback you've you've received like is there any feedback you've received that has surprised you in particular i think i have been surprised by how hungry people are for this um i've been in the same church for 10, 11 years now. And what I do in We Wonder is really similar to what we do in children's worship on a Sunday morning. So it feels normal to me. I don't, and I haven't been in other churches, so I don't know what other churches are doing. And people really seem to long for a way to connect with scripture, both in ways where you learn about it, but also just to sit with it and wonder about it and wonder honestly about it. 
I've also been surprised by how many grownups listen. Um, I have quite a few friends here in San Francisco, single people, people without kids who will text me and be like, hey, I'm listening. I love it, which is mm-hmm. really cool. I love that idea that actually um, scripture and just coming to scripture with curiosity is as important and appropriate for grownups as it is for yeah. children. Like this isn't ultimately just something children should be doing and then we grow out of it. It's actually something right. we grow into our whole lives long. And I think the children listening to this podcast probably have a jump start on some of us. Uh-huh. What What have you been hearing from those people about how they're listening to the podcast? That's something that's <laughs> really intrigued me as we've published this is like just the, the, the range of approaches. What are some ways that you're hearing of how people have listened to the podcast? All kinds of ways. It's been wild. Um, I have several families who homeschool will listen to it in the morning kind of to jumpstart their homeschool day or their homeschool practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who listens to it when she walks. Um, so she'll go for a walk in Golden Gate Park outdoors. And she's yeah. like, I just like to be outdoors when I listen to it. We have a listener who has told me that she, especially when we did some of the real contemplative Lenten episodes, she would do them while she was doing yoga, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um I have a few friends who are housemates, um, single people live together here in the city, grad students uh, in their twenties. And they would, um, a few times a week, just sit down together as a house and listen to it together, which mm. was really cool. Yeah. So, so a bunch of like single adults in a house mm-hmm. listening to you wonder. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's it. awesome. That's so good. Yeah. We've got a new season coming up. It's mm-hmm. about Galatians. What do you want people to know about that season? This is probably the deepest dive I've done in terms of preparing for a season. I've been reading like three or four different commentaries, um, just really digging into it. It'll be similar to our first season, our first Advent season, in, in that we will hear a passage of scripture. I'll reflect on it and share about a little bit about it. And then we'll wonder. I think what's different is um, when we're reading the book of Galatians, We're reading a letter that was written almost 2,000 years ago to people who live in a very different part of the world from us, who have different things happening in their lives than we do. And this letter was Mm. written to them to deal with a very specific situation. But it's also our letter. It's also our book. It's in the Bible and it's there for us. And so we just have to do a little more work, I think, to kind of understand all right, why did Paul write this letter? What was so Mm -hmm. important um, that he just had to make sure his friends in Galatia heard it? And once we can understand that, why is it so important for us now? So it's it's a little more, we'll be doing a little more um, digging into like some of the history around the letter and stuff that was happening at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I love that kind of thing. I think it's really fun. Yeah, that's a challenge though, right? When you've got an audience of of, of largely like young, mm-hmm. young children, how are you doing that heavy lifting for them so that, or are you, <laughs> so that, so that they can understand like something that is a lot less face value than sort of the gospels, right? Yeah. Well, the nice thing about Paul's letter to the Galatians is it starts out a little bit as a story. Like Paul's mm-hmm. writing to his friends and he's reminding them of how he 
first heard the good news about Jesus. He's reminding them that he heard it from Jesus and not from anyone else. Then he goes on to tell them the story of how he went up to Jerusalem to talk to mm. Jesus's friends who were there, Peter and James and John, the people who had actually lived and known with known Jesus. Yeah. And so he goes through that whole story and that whole history to kind of set the stage for what's important in the letter. So I think it actually, um, we start by just remembering Paul's story and reading it as a little bit of a story. So what happened when okay. Paul went to Jerusalem? What happened when Paul met Peter? How come Paul and Peter got in a fight? What was that like to see Paul and Peter mm-hmm. arguing in mm-hmm. public? And then so why is Paul telling us all this? Why does he think this is so important for us to know? Um, I think that helps set the stage for what the letter really is all about. A funny thing I've discovered, I guess I've known it, but discovered more too, is, I mean, people who study the Bible for a living, there's parts of Galatians that they're like, we don't know what Paul meant. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. We just don't know what mm-hmm. he meant right here. It's, he was writing in a hurry. It's a letter. It's not like a thing that someone sat down and composed carefully over time, like the gospels mm-hmm. are. So you get that feeling of, Paul's just got a lot of feelings and he has got to get this letter out fast. I love that. Which I love that. gives a different, it's okay if we don't understand everything about it. Um, as long as we can kind of get why it's so important and why it's important to us. That's so interesting. I've never heard anyone describe the letter of Galatians that way, but a letter of feelings is like really appeals to me as a description for that book. Right. Oh, I grew up reading Paul as like, you read the gospels to kind of meet Jesus. And then you read Paul to find out how to become a Christian. And it was sort of this, um, very theological, very like, this will help you understand what the faith is. And I just don't, I think when you sit down and actually read Paul, that's just not true. Like the man was full of feelings. He was so passionate. He, his life had been turned completely upside down in a way he had never expected Mm-hmm. And in a way that's more radical, I think, than most of us experience. And I mean, like to use the phrase from like when I was in high school, that guy is on fire for Jesus. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you've got to read his letters like with that passion behind them. Yeah. Um, and suddenly a lot of things that didn't make sense before start to fall into place. I think that lets you live with the book. I mean, with all of scripture, mm-hmm. but with Galatians, it lets you live with it for your whole life. It keeps you coming back to it over and over and over again, which is one of the great gifts of scripture, really. What did you do for preparation for this season? Like, what were the books you read? So much reading. Um, It's actually funny. Uh Coincidentally, I was in a Bible study earlier this summer. We actually did Beth Moore's Bible study on Galatians Uh with a group Uh of friends. So that was fun. Uh Um, N.T. Wright has a brand new commentary that just came out. His commentary sure. on Galatians has been really helpful to me. The New Interpreter's Bible, Richard Hayes has a commentary that's really good. That's one that's written for people who are actually preaching on scripture. So it's a very practical commentary. It's not super academic. Yeah. Um, I have an illustrated commentary that actually has pictures of like what Galatia looked like. Here's mm. the places that Paul talks about when he talks about going on the road from place to place. This is what it looked like. So that's been helpful in getting the context. Um, and then I've just been reading the book in lots of different translations to try to get a feel for what, cause I actually don't, I'm not fluent in 
Koine Greek. So I just read as many commentaries and translations as I can to try to figure out what's really going on. Okay. Last question, I think. Okay. Um, Do you have any like big aspirations, hopes, or dreams for We Wonder in the future? I think my aspiration, honestly, is just to be someone that children 5, 10, 15 years back or 15 years from now when they're moving out, looking for a church, um, trying to make sense of what their faith looks like for them as they craft their adult lives, that I'm a voice there for them to remember, like, she helped me. She was my companion. She was trustworthy. I, I met God when I listened to her. I mean, that's that's really my my biggest hope is that God would be working in those words in ways that will feed and nourish people down the road. We Wonder is an Area Code production mixed and engineered by Nick Thompson and Noah Kirby. I'm the writer and host, Sarah Dahl. Our executive producer is Richard Clark. We'll be here every Tuesday and Thursday, all season long. To follow along and get some inside peeks at the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WeWonderPod. That's the best place to keep in touch. And make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you're interested in revisiting the wonder questions or seeing a script of my reflections, you can find a link in the show notes. I'll post all of it over at our website, wewonderpod.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.